Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse Eight. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse Eight and Kate will break it down for you now. Hello. Yes, hello. Is it spring yet? No. Okay, and you know why I need it to be spring right what? now? Why? I want to grow something, Kate. I want to grow little plants out of the ground. Oh, because of Illinois and January 1st? You want to, Is that what you mean? You want to grow? Oh, not that kind of plant. Oh. Get your mind out of the high gutter. <laughs> what? I'm not sure what that meant. <laughs> no, I want to grow things. I want to grow things so bad that I have I've started growing something in my own home. You want to know what it is? What? It's a sourdough starter. Oh. You Have you ever grown one of those? Nope. It's... So weird. It works. It works, Kate. It, it's alive. It's alive. I trust San Francisco with my sourdoughs. I don't trust myself. I want to make my own. I want to make my own. I named it Estelle Winwood, and she grows every day. And uh, and I feed her, and I give her water, and she gets very big. When do you stop feeding her? Uh, you don't. What? Well, you put her in the fridge at some point, and then you feed her once a week. But at this point, she's good. Okay. I like her a lot. You know what else is growing? Our listenership. There you go. <laughs> I was getting to that, but I wasn't quite. Yes, our listenership. We have crested uh, 800 Instagram followers. Yeah. So Fuse, that's good. Fuse number eight, Kate, if you want to uh, check out the books that we've done previously. It's the way to follow along with the show. And disagree with us. Exactly. And... <laughs> well, and to see what we're talking about. And what do we do on this show, Kate? We talk about children's picture books. And why do we talk about them? Um, because we rate them. That's right. And we determine if they are good or if they are bad. Yeah. So we've done a lot of classics. And of course, uh, the thing we have to avoid on this show is just doing white people. Because when people think of picture book classics, they think of a bunch of books by white people. Yep. So we've done some by black creators. We've done some by uh, Latinx creators. And Lan Popo, that was... Uh... Yep, Lan Popo. Yep, that's it. Good. Oh, good. Yeah, Asian, Asian uh, creators. But we have not done... People indigenous. We have done no indigenous creators huh. thus far. No native creators. And, uh, and I figured it was it was high bloody time to stop that. Because Lord knows, I don't think we've run across any yet on this show. But uh, Native Americans in general are not depicted well in classic picture books. There's a couple where it's old cowboys and Indian junk and jazz. And it's just nasty. So I was trying to find a classic book. By an indigenous creator, and good news. What year is it, Kate? Uh, twenty twenty. That's right. And our role is it's, it was created we break... in, 20, in two thousand. Yes, it? it was created in two thousand. Okay, yeah. fine, fine. Jump all over my big <laughs> surprise. Yes, this book was created exactly twenty years ago. It just, and I would say that it is the closest thing we have to a classic indigenous creator book. Possibly, maybe. I don't know. You're gonna have to look at it and. I'm just going to say this. When you look at it and you think to yourself, 2000 wasn't that long ago. When you look at the art of this book, I will be interested to see 
if you disagree with that statement, and in fact, 2000 was a million billion years ago, and we are all very old. What are you talking about? It was the time of NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Yeah, okay, so you're just, you're just backing up my point here. Booda 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 Jingle dancer? That's right, bye. Cynthia, let's go with Light. Tick. Light, I think it's Light Tick. I think. Light Tick Smith. That's right. Illustrated by <laughs> Cornelius Van Wright. I love that name. And Ying Wahoo. I believe so. Yes. Yes. And there these people are gonna like. There's so many people involved butchering in their book. names. I know, right? At least I got Cornelius right. You got Cornelius. This is just an awesome name. Go read that book. Okay. All right. While Kate reads her book, let's get a little additional information on the title in question. So, now, as I might have mentioned, a lot has changed in the 20 years since Cynthia first published this book. Uh, as you probably can imagine, about 20 years ago, we did not see a lot of books by Native and Indigenous writers. Pretty much almost at all, once in a great great while, but it, it didn't really happen. These days, we are very lucky. It's gotten better. I would not say that, yay, we, we've got so many, we don't know what to do with them. This is so not the case, but it has gotten a bit better. Notably, this year at the ALA Youth Media Awards, the American Indian Youth Literature Award was announced. This was the very first time it had been announced at the ALA YMAs. So, the award has been established to identify and honor the very best writing and illustrations by and about American Indians. Now, this award is administrated by the American Indian Library Association, which is an affiliate of the American Library Association. And just to tie all of this together, the young adult book winner for 2020 was Hearts Unbroken, written by, if you said Cynthia, you are correct. All comes together, baby. Hello. I came back. The very next day, I came back and I wanna go away because I live here. <laughs> That's, also, your name is Cat. I suppose it uh, makes sense in a that the cat like, came back. Yeah. Also, to... it, it has nothing to do with the book. But, oh no, yeah. no, <laughs> I no! Say, I was uh, just trying to think of a fun way to say uh, that I'm back. You've never done that one before. It's true. I like to for everything. Yeah. So this book. Yar. Hmm. Yar. Hmm. Yar. Mm. -mm. No. Mm. -mm. No. Mm. -mm. Come on. No. Come on. Sorry. What? Yeah. Start from the beginning. Well, okay. So the beginning starts off with some badly written sentences, I think. Oh wait, give it to me. So the very first two sentences, mm -hmm. I it, it took me a few times to like read them, then reread them, mm -hmm. then re-re-read them. <laughs> okay, uh, read them to me. Tink, 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 sang cone-shaped jingles sewn to Grandma Wolf's dress. Yeah, okay. They're, they're jingles that are cone-shaped. Every Grandma bounce step brought clattering tinks as light blurred silver against jingles of tin. Every Grandma bounce step brought clattering tinks as light blurred silver against jingles of tin. Well, you were, when you read it that way. I mean, I'm just saying, it just seems to make sense. But you're right, you do have to practice that. Yeah. yeah. Like, sometimes when I'm doing a story time, I can't just read the book for the first time in front of the kids, because then I will stumble completely over the words. I mean, yeah. it is it is an interest. 
interesting way of writing that sentence. I don't think I would have gone in that order. I think you could rearrange the sentence a I bit. I think you could have made it a lot simpler if this is a children's book. Well, but it's elegant language. I mean, it's, it's a more... Do kids need, like... <laughs> do they need the best, Kate? Why, yes, they do. <laughs> do they want to understand what you're saying? Yes, they do. But can't you challenge the children with the language? Do you want to, like, lose them at the very beginning? No, it's true, it's true. I don't know. That's a, that is That is peculiar. That is an interesting way to start a book. I don't know. I, so immediately I was like, oh man, <laughs> I'm going to have to like think. Now you have to use your every, brain. Every sentence I have to oh, think. Oh man. But I do like the watercolors. Yeah, they're really nice, aren't they? Yeah, they're really pretty. I really, mm-hmm. and, I mean, because I'm like the realistic artist type. I had a feeling. You love your realism. Yeah, because I think it's super hard and especially with watercolor. Hard. Oh yeah, and I can't even imagine how you would do I mean, realistic it, watercolors. Yeah, and well, they and do this it is here. done by two people, so I don't even understand how two people can do watercolors together. Interesting. Yeah. So, right from the beginning, I'm like, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but this calls to me early to mid 90s judging by yeah, doesn't it it does it feels that it's way like 94 is where well, I'm but going. remember whenever like a new decade has passed and you look back at it like 1980 looked like 1977 when you look at it in movies and stuff like what? 1990 looks like 1988 i mean everything in the like that first year looks like the previous decade so it makes sense to me this would look 90s but anyway, back to the That's story. That's what I'm just saying. Yeah, right, yeah. So Jenna, who's I'm gonna go with like ten. Yeah, somewhere yeah, nine, ten. There. Yeah, somewhere around there. Um, she wants to do the jingle dance, which mm-hmm. is what girls do at powwows. Right. But you have to have these. Uh, the cone-shaped bells. Yes. Yes. Cone-shaped jingles. You have right. to have them sewn to your dress, and she doesn't have any. Right. So she decides to go to all the women either in her family or neighbors, and ask them if she can borrow a row of their jingles. Oh, interesting. A yeah. row of them. Okay. Yeah, because she says that she doesn't want to take the voice out of their right. dress. Which I was like, oh, that's really sweet. Well, that's sweet. good. Yeah, and also it would be totally lame if you like took someone's entirely someone's jingles. Like, give me all your jingles. Like, not cool. It's I'm a little confused. Like, does she give them back? Is she going to sew them all right. on just to give them back? Because Is she going to give them back? She goes know. to four different people right. to take their rows of jingles. Oh, does she just take a couple from each person? She takes one row from each person. So okay. she goes to her great aunt, Sis, mm-hmm. who she asks, may I borrow enough jingles to make a row? But she didn't want to take so many that Aunt Sis's dress would lose its voice. So she says, you may. She takes her row of jingles. Mm-hmm. Then she goes to Mrs. Scott, mm-hmm. um, who is making some fried dough. I think she's fried making bread. fried bread. Fried bread. Right. There was a big picture book out last year called Fried Bread. There's yeah. a whole history of it. So. And she asks her, hey, can I borrow a row of jingles from your dress? Mind you, they're in the kitchen. So it's mm-hmm. not like she's wearing this. It's not like... I and mean, it must be common yeah, no. knowledge that, yeah. oh, Mrs. Scott has a jingle dress. I'm going to go and borrow from her. I assume she has a little list in her brain of all the people that she can potentially go to with So this. she's only going to women. Well, I think men wouldn't have them on their outfits. I don't know. I assume They not. don't explain this. Right. Like, why, yeah, why not? Yeah, that's interesting. And then she goes to her cousin Elizabeth's apartment at the exact same time as cousin Elizabeth is coming home, which is weird. Well, she may know what time she comes home. 
<laughs> I mean, so she's stalking her cousin. Well, yeah, she wants to get those jingles. Yeah, so I'd she so she goes right into her cousin's apartment when her cousin comes from home from the law firm. Which, by the way, the cousin is holding this newspaper with the most terrifying. Wow. Um, and that's the law review too. It looks like... I can see what it's supposed to be, but from this distance over here, it had a skull-like... Uh, yeah. Yeah, look. Yeah. Come and get well, it. When you I... get closer to it, you realize it's not. But... Well, when I first looked at it, I thought it was a clown. And then I looked at <laughs> you it... You are so clown-centric. <laughs> well, when you first look at it, it looks like a clown. And then you look uh-huh. again, and it could be a skull. And then you look again, and you're like, oh, I think that's supposed to be the shadows... No, that's the shadow. When you get some, close, of, close of, like, to a man's see... face. Yeah, or a boy's, yeah. It's... Scary. That that's <laughs> that's going on Instagram. Uh, okay. <laughs> we'll do a, a far and a near. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so she asks her cousin when her cousin from comes home from the law firm, "Hey, can I borrow a row of jingles from you?" Mm-hmm. And 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 the cousin says, "Yeah, sure." So now she's got three rows of jingles, cool. and she's heading home. So then she goes into her grandma's living room, which again, this this, yeah, that border. It's totally early 90s, right? Uh, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, Northern Exposure, uh, the, the style of that. Which came that out which in the came 90s. Which came out in the 90s, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, but it's, you know, that's legit. So she takes off her sneakers, puts on these moccasins, mm-hmm. and asks her grandmother, can I borrow the fourth row from you? Mm-hmm. And her grandma says yes. And so they spend every night that week sewing on these rows of jingles onto Jenna's... Oh, so the girl's doing it as well. She's also sewing them on. Yeah. Oh, that's good. She's oh. not just making her poor grandma do all the work. No, you got four rows of I know, jingles. Right? This that's is a lot little, of jingles. It's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes me wonder, like, does she have to give these back? It's a good question. I don't know. I mean, how noticeable is it on an outfit if they don't have a row? Well, or are they just going to buy another row and put them on themselves? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. So, I don't know. So at the powwow, um, as light blurred silver, Jenna dances for her great aunt who gave a row. She dances for Mrs. Scott. She dances for her cousin Elizabeth, and she dances for her grandma Wolf, who warmed like sun. Okay. Okay. So, a lot of questions here. Number mm-hmm. one. <laughs> How come she only has four rows? She's got by the collar uh-huh. and then three on kind of like the... knees, calf, mid-calf. Right. Right? Okay. But other girls look like they have five. Oh, so interesting. So kind of like by the collar mm-hmm. and then mid-thigh, uh-huh. knee, calf, bottom. I would say she didn't have a fifth relative or friend of the family. But this she could girl, get it, from. it looks like she only has three. So... I, I, I don't huh. understand why... Was there an importance with the four? Is there like a... Yeah, is there yeah. like a ceremonial process for girls to have... Like... Is I, there a meaning behind the number of rows? Right. Um, do only girls wear them? Do boys not wear them? I mean, there was an author's note at the back. Oh, this is interesting. The jingles are traditionally made from the silver tin or aluminum lids of snuff cans, which are rolled into cones. Ojibwe women and other native women of Canada are often credited as the first jingle dancers, although today's graceful, dignified jingle dancers include girls and women of most native nations. So, yeah, boys need not apply. They are not part of this. Okay. But it does not explain if there is a significance to the number of rows or where the rows are placed. 
So if they are essentially then gifted, so mm-hmm. then she doesn't have to give them back then. She's... Correct. If this is part of the gifting they were referring to in the author's note. But she's then... only 10. She's going to grow up. So... Sure, but I think she could just remove the jingles and place so them on a different outfit. So she has to unsew every single one and re Well, are they individually sewn or are they on like a strip of fabric that in turn is sewn onto the dress? Because that would make it easier, right? You wouldn't have to like take each individual bell off well if you so when she's sewing him on with her grandma yeah they look individual they do look individual okay well that would take a lot of time right it's a lot of bells and that's like four rows of them yeah i don't know i i I just had a lot of questions and then i didn't like the very end who warmed like sun it's awkward yeah yeah there's a lot i mean you you know what she's saying right It's it's a lot of awkward writing right Things that I think could have been written better. Right. So that's that's what that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) No, I had had previously mentioned a book uh, called Fry Bread that came out last year, um, which was about the history of fry bread in in uh, in native cultures, and it had and I I don't remember the exact number, but it had pretty much like twenty pages of back matter of information in the back about every possible aspect of it. And I am convinced that if this book was released today, the back matter would be a lot longer. They did have an author's note, so that's good. Lord knows in the year 2000, no one was insisting on author's notes at the backs of the books. I was admiring the uh, the television, the ancient the ancient uh, vacuum-tubed television yeah, and, it wasn't uh, a, and VCR. It wasn't a... 4K plasma flat screen. No, no, it was not. It was <laughs> big and bulky, inch. And, and I bet you could. I bet there was a DVR. Well, no, a DVD slash VCR player underneath it. I remember s- those. I still remember the noise that uh, when you would turn the channel. Oh, I yeah. remember what that noise is. Yeah, I remember the <laughs> thunk of turning a channel by hand. Yeah, yeah. kids today. <laughs> They'll never know the pleasure of the thunk of turning the channel. <laughs> so during my little background information uh, bit, I did mention that this uh, this year, the American Indian Youth Literature Award was announced at the same award announcement that does the Newberry and the Caldecott and things like that. And uh, this book, at the, it, that award was not around when this book came out. It got... A bunch of stuff. For illustrations or for writing? Not necessarily. I think for both together. It doesn't really distinguish. It didn't get any illustration awards specifically, and it didn't get any... It should have. The illustrations are gorgeous. No, they're very nice illustrations, but I, it, yeah, it pretty much just got them as the combination of the two. Um, things like best of the year lists, uh, editor's choice, reading lists, things like that, recommended lists. Um, featured titles, but nothing specifically for either writing or reading in general. Um, and of course, uh, Cynthia Lytic Smith has just won that award for young adult uh, for the young adult book uh, for her latest YA novel. So she's still writing. She's very much involved. This was her first book, so I think she was still getting a feel for it at this point. Probably, gotcha. yeah. Ratings time. Okay, so here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's 
gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like, I was really surprised when you handed it to me. It didn't have one of those, like, silver Little silverly, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it should have gotten a Caldecott something. Yar. I like the story. Mm-hmm. However, it doesn't explain a lot of the questions that I had going through it. I kind of wish it did incorporate more information in the story itself, like mm-hmm. maybe some more explanation for people who aren't familiar with powwows or jingles or anything like that. Right. Um, as I mentioned before, I don't like the way some of it's phrased. It's, mm-hmm. it's a bit clunky or too vague or just uh, confusing. Um, and it's also not that old, so I don't, I'm not considering it a classic. Interesting. I gave it a, I gave it a four. Okay. Um, it's nothing against the story itself or Mm -hmm. the illustrations, but I just, I would not call this a classic. Okay. That's, that's fair enough. The, the, the writing can be awkward, uh, at times. And I think I, I, it hasn't been released in like an anniversary edition, which kind of, surprises me because it does end up on a lot of lists even to this day but i have not seen a new updated edition of this in any way which is interesting to me i almost wonder if if it was um re-released if they would choose a different illustrator even as a way of updating it in some way i know you really like the illustrations and you that was like the element you wouldn't want changed yeah. but i do wonder if it would be rewritten with slightly with uh with new art it's an interesting book in a lot of ways. Uh, it does away with a lot of stereotypes. This is a contemporary Muskogee Creek kid growing up, um, you know, in a family that's that's firmly middle class, maybe maybe even upper, because she's got the... Um, is it the aunt who's the lawyer? Cousin. Cousin. The cousin who's a lawyer. So, you know, a lot of people have these prejudices against... Um, uh, native people, and I think it does away with a lot of those. Um, it's a fun story. I like the art. I, I like the writing. I would agree with you. There is some awkwardness um, to some of it, and I do feel, you know, as the years go by, we're gonna see, we're gonna see some stronger uh, books by native writers uh, coming out. But I do like it a lot. Um, so I'm making it a six point five. All right, well, it's a toe over the line classic. classic. That's that's what it is. You know, you you can't accuse me of doing this on purpose because I my math is not good enough to to judge um, after you have decided that was the number that was already in my head. I'm still gonna fight you on this one, but okay. All right, all Uh, right. Begrudgingly, I say. Begrudgingly, yes, you 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 yield. All right, letters time. We have a mystery on our hands. Uh oh. All right, remember, last time we did Peggy Rathman's The Day the Babies Crawled Away yes. with Aaron Reynolds. Yes. And I had mentioned that Peggy Rathman is no longer making these books, that she is a hermit in a cave on a hill. Did she write in? No, she didn't write in, and that was my fear. No, um, I think what exactly I said was that she was taking care of sheep. Uh, this is not true. Uh, she's not taking care of sheep. She's taking care of cattle. And I had two different people write in. Um, I had kind of hoped that she would write in, but I think, no, that was not <laughs> going to happen. Um, but two people did write in. The first one was illustrator Catherine Tillotson. She wrote, hi, Betsy and Kate. Love to tune into your podcast. Peggy Rathman spoke many years ago at the Northern California Children's Booksellers Alliance Otter Dinner. 
I recall laughing throughout her entire presentation. She is a gem of a storyteller. I also remember that she lived somewhere in Marin County. Her website identified the ranch location is as a uh, Nicasio. I subsequently found this article describing the good work that she and her husband are currently doing, at least as of 2018. And she linked to a New York Times article uh, about the, the good work they're doing. So that was interesting. Okay. And then a CDM, that's all I have this person's name, said... Miss Rathman and her husband, John Wick, which right there is awesome. <laughs> it's true. His name is John Wick. Raise cattle, not sheep, and with extraordinarily excellent motives. And then she, too, linked to the 2018. So I'll just have to put that in the show notes, I guess, the, uh, the article. Uh, as for ratings, can I put in a pitch for a 9 going on 10? My reasons still hold for my review way back in the day, the biggest one being that this always struck me as the best children's book response to 9-11. What? Yeah, you, we didn't see that one coming. Well, I have no idea whether anyone else saw it that way, but it's a perfect book in the look for the helpers way and the then we'll honor and take care of the helpers way. I have never thought of it that way. Anyway, that's a new way of looking at it. Never saw that one before. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on. Grown-up things we like. Uh, you go first. Okay. I'm very excited. Um, so I've been a huge fan of the author Daniel Lavery for years. Now, Daniel Lavery, uh, is transgender. Originally wrote under the name Mallory Ortberg, and then wrote under the name Daniel Ortberg, and is now Daniel Lavery because he took his wife's name. And he has a new book out called Something That May Shock and Discredit You which is a great title right there. I have loved his books for years. Do you remember every time we do children's books made horrific and we used to read those? He wrote all those. Oh. Yeah. So he wrote, he was a co-founder of The Toast. We need to do another one soon because we haven't done one in a long time. That's because he only covered like 10 of them and we did them all, oh. I think. Yeah. Well, no, except he did do long, he did like The Little Prince, but I'm not going to make you read The Little, The Little Prince would take you like three hours to read. Oh. It's, it's not a picture book. <laughs> so... Yeah, that's not going to work. Anyway, recently he was on the podcast Why Is This Happening uh, by Chris Hayes. And uh, the interview was one of the best I have heard in a very long time. Chris Hayes is an excellent, I would say enviable uh, interviewer. I wish I had his skills. And uh, it's just a great talk. And I'm looking forward to reading the book. Okay. All right. How about you? So I was in Orlando this weekend, mm -hmm. and while we waited in line for probably like two and a half hours to get on the Millennium Falcon ride, mm -hmm. we were standing behind these six, I want to say late teens, early 20s girls, right? They were practicing this, this thing that's going viral. Mm -hmm. So do you know what TikTok is? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'm for, not that out of it. Okay, yeah, so yeah. for people who aren't familiar, TikTok is an app that you record yourself on a video and you can do like these short little videos, right? It's kind of like Instagram, but with, for videos. It's like vines that don't disappear. Right. For people who know what vines are. Okay. <laughs> explain that to the younger generation. Right. A vine used so, to be. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, there's, so there are these TikTok challenges. So J-Lo did like a TikTok challenge where you had to learn some of her choreography from the Super Bowl, right? Mm -hmm. Well, there's a TikTok challenge dance challenge um, to the song Oh Na Na Na. 
and it's you and another person learn this fancy footwork to the song. And the song goes, oh, na, 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 oh, na, 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 oh, na, na, na. And then they, he starts singing in Spanish, and mm-hmm. I'm not even going to pretend to know I know the words. But it's for two and a half hours, I watched these girls try and learn this choreography. Wait, you waited in line for two and a half hours? Millennium Falcon. Come on. Oh, boy. Yeah. Wow. This is, right. this is Disney World. You I get guess. used to two and a half hour lines. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. So anyway, so yeah. So I watched these girls do this challenge. It's very interesting. If you want to try and learn how to do it, it's on YouTube. Just type in, oh, na, na, na. And you'll see like TikTok or dance challenge or something like that. And you'll see two people facing each other trying to do this fancy footwork. And I've now, um, I'm trying to convince the penguinologist we need to learn it too. <laughs> oh boy. Well... Next time you're in line for the Millennium Falcon, yeah. you'll have the perfect chance to do wait, it. When you have nothing else to do except you wait. Nothing else to do. Do a TikTok dance challenge. All right. You and I should do a TikTok dance challenge. Yeah. To our theme song. Oh. Make up choreography for it. Hmm. And present it at the uh, Kid Lit Con. Yes. Which we will be attending in March, I believe. At March 28th in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Correct. Come on out and see us. We're going to be awesome. Hopefully. Hopefully. If we have choreography, we will be. Exactly. Okay, well, don't. That's a bar way too high for me. I have to be saying for other people. It's oh. fine. Okay. Yes, excellent. And until that happens, I've been Bessie. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at fusekate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at fuse8kate. That's fuse number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our benevolent overlord is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird. <laughs>